chapter number 20 this morning. John in chapter number 20. And uh, I do appreciate the visitors. Again, thank you for being here. I know there's a lot of places you could go to church. We appreciate you taking time uh, to be here. And if I did not make my way to you uh, to, to greet you, we appreciate you being here. And uh, thank God for the faithful members of Concord Baptist Church. Whether, you're, <clears throat> whether you've joined or not, uh, we still consider you one of us, amen. Um, the Bible talked about people being among you. And I'm glad that you are among us this morning and I'm thankful for, uh, for what the Lord's done here. John chapter number 20, when you find your place, let's stand. We're gonna read just a verse here, maybe more of just a topical message uh, out of the word of God. This is what the Lord's directed us to this morning. John chapter number 20, and we're gonna uh, read uh, three verses here. Said, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent you, even so send I you. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. And by way of introduction this morning, I'm, I'm going to state something that is very obvious, uh, and that is we are in the midst of, of a world, yea, of a country that has turned their back against the Lord. And I know that that is pretty obvious today, but uh, that's just where we are as a nation. We've turned away from our Christian heritage and uh, turned our back against the truth. I'm talking about a nation as a whole, but thank God for a place that we can still come and worship God, and that is the church, amen. God has called you and I to shine as lights in the midst of a crooked uh, generation. Uh, but I'm glad that we're not by ourselves. If you've been saved by the grace of God, we are in the midst of a lot of trouble. We're in the midst of a lot of issues. We're in the midst of a lot of ungodliness and wickedness in this nation that we live in. Uh, but Jesus also is in the midst. The Bible said in verse number 19, said Jesus stood in the midst. I want to preach on that a little bit morning, uh, this morning about Jesus in the midst. Jesus in the midst. Now, I thought about how the world has a lot of their experts, and they have experts concerning homes, yet most of them spend more time in divorce court than they do in the court television does. Amen? I mean, listen, they have their experts about having to keep a home together, uh, but they cannot keep their homes together. They have experts on how to deal with mental and emotional distress and family problems and financial pressures and broken relationships and guilt and disappointments and all those kind of things. The list could go on and on and on this morning about how this world has their experts. But I'm telling you, they're seeking help from professional sources uh, when they're sick. I mean, listen, when they're sick, they go to the doctor and they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, there are some times for that. Uh, but if you need advice, you'll seek a, a trained counselor to give you that advice. But human wisdom and human export, uh, expertise will only take you uh, to a certain level. You can only get a little bit of help that way. But I promise you, you get Jesus in the midst of whatever's going on in your life this morning. Whatever the issue, whatever the problem, you get Jesus in the middle of it and I promise you, he can help the situation. Uh, the Bible said in Psalm 53 and verse 22, said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I thought about that song that the primitive 
quartet used to sing, or still sings, I guess, I can't stop the raging storm, but God can. Aren't you glad that when you get God in your midst, when you get God in your situation, he can calm the troubled waters of your soul, and he can satisfy you this morning. As a boy, Jesus is in the midst of the sanctuary, talking with the doctors. Luke 2 and verse 46 said, and it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Now, Jesus was not there in the middle of that sanctuary to cause a controversy, uh, but he was being our example. He was asking questions. And I promise you there'll be some questions in this life uh, that really you will not have an answer to. There'll be quandaries, there'll be situations, there'll be questions that seemingly has no answer. But if you have Jesus in the midst, amen, he is the answer to every issue that you'll ever have in your life. At Calvary, Jesus is in the midst of sinners. You can read that in one chapter earlier, John chapter 19 and verse 18. said, there they crucified him and two other with him. Well, it said one on the side, one on the, one on the other side and Jesus in the midst. I remember when I was a sinner and Jesus got in the midst of my sinful condition. He was in the midst there. Listen, my life was in trouble. My life was in turmoil. And just as that song said, I recall the day when I'm telling you I burned all the bridges. I said goodbye to this world because Jesus got in the midst. I'm glad God did not leave me alone. I'm glad God did not leave me in my sinful state. He did not leave me where he found me. Aren't you glad Jesus gets in the midst and he just don't rescue your life from destruction? He sets your feet on a rock and he'll establish your going and make life worth living. Amen. When Jesus is in the midst, he kept dealing. He kept drawing. I mean, he kept doing that because he loved us. Psalm 10 and verse 4 said the wicked through pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not at all in his thoughts. And we, we say this a lot. We, do, we weren't looking for God, but he was looking for us. And that's exactly the truth. Amen. But there was a stirring in my soul. God began to stir in my soul. I began to know, hey, there's something better to life than this. Because Jesus got in the midst. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, let him in the midst. He saw our deprived state of mind. He saw our struggles. He knew we were searching. And praise God, he did not leave us. He kept dealing with us. Praise the Lord for that. I thought about John chapter one verse 47, when Jesus is speaking here about Nathaniel. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before Philip called thee. He said, When thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Here's Nathanael. I mean, he's got doubts. He's got situations in his life. And the Lord said, Hey, way before I ever, way before anybody ever told me about you, Philip, he said, I saw you down there at that tree. He said, I saw you down there at the fig tree, Nathanael. He said, I want you to know I know what's going on in your life. I know every problem. I know every doubt. I know every discouragement you're dealing with. Hey, listen, I don't know what the needs are in the service this morning, but you get Jesus in the midst. I'm telling you, he can fix every problem, amen. You throw him on the water, he'll just walk on it. You throw him on a storm, praise God, he'll walk above it. You put him in a tomb, he'll walk out of it, amen. I'm glad Jesus is in the midst. I feel a little bit better right now, amen, because Jesus is in the midst. You say, why? Because of the text. He was in the midst of the saints. Amen. And I mean, listen, I'm not trying to offend nobody, but this was the Lord's day. This was Sunday. This was not Saturday. 
Amen. Amen. It's the Lord's day. And so the early Christians, they began to immediately worship God, worship the Lord Jesus Christ on Sunday after his resurrection. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2 said, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you by him lay in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. When, the, when, we get, when we give our first fruits of our increase to God, we proclaim our faith in a resurrected Lord. We witness to the fact that he lives, he lives, he lives. I'm glad we serve a risen Savior. And you know, hey, listen, every Sunday ought to be Easter Sunday because we're celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? That's why I know that he is in the midst because he is alive. This is the resurrected Savior and all of his glory, but he's still wounded. He's still wounded. He said, peace, Peace cannot come from somebody who's never known anything about being hated and despised. But Jesus said peace. Forgiveness cannot come from someone who has not been betrayed like Jesus was in the text. Healing cannot come from someone who doesn't know anything about being wounded. You know Isaiah said that he was wounded for our transgressions. He knows what it's like to be wounded and the wounds are still in his hands and in his feet today. That's why he is in the midst of your life. He can be touched with a feeling of your infirmities. Hey, listen, reach out and touch him and let him touch you today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just a cry of victory. It is a call this morning for anyone who is wounded, anybody that is doubting, anybody that needs peace, he can provide it, amen, because he is in the midst. Jesus had been crucified by the Jews and no doubt they thought that they were gonna come and do the same things to the followers of the Lord. And so they were afraid of what the future held up for them. I thought about they had been through this before. He was in the midst of their storm in Matthew and chapter number 14 and verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. I'm talking about they were right in the middle. It was too, they had made it too far to turn back and they didn't think they was gonna make it to the other side. They was right in the midst of the biggest storm they had ever faced in their life. They were tossed with a wave for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were trying saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is I be not afraid hey but listen how quickly you and I forget they're afraid again they're dominated with fear again and Jesus shows up and says don't worry about it it is I I'm here I'm telling you listen people are in turmoil people scared to death about 2022 and what's going to happen with inflation and what's going to happen to the euro dollar and all that stuff and bitcoins, amen. We got a little bit of coin, but it ends up in the jug down here, amen. And you get a piece of candy for it. A pretty expensive piece of candy for you, no doubt. But people are concerned about what's going on in this world. I'm telling you, Jesus is still in the midst of the church, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You say you believe the church is operating right here in John chapter number 20? Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'll say this. It would do until the church got here. Amen. I, I don't want to open up a can of debate right here, but I'm telling you this. These were the saints of God, and they were gathered together, uh, assembled themselves together. Amen. I mean, listen, that's why we're gathered here this morning. I'm glad you're here. 
And I love this church. I thank God for it. the church. But I tell you, we don't need schedules. We need a savior. I mean, listen, I, I like try things to be done decently and in order, uh, but not dead with an odor, amen? I mean, listen, the Bible said this. When he showed up, the Bible said the disciples were glad. That means to rejoice exceedingly. Now, I know people don't understand a lot of times. Uh, they say, why in the world y'all get so excited? Uh, why in the world would you rejoice exceeding glad? Uh, because we want Jesus to show up and because he's here. I mean, listen, he's walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, those candlesticks in the book of the Revelation, that's the church. He's walking in the midst of the church then. A preacher used to say a lot of times, what would make you think he's not walking in the midst of the church today? Those churches in Revelation, they weren't perfect churches, but they were purchased churches. And I'm telling you, this is not a perfect church. We don't have a perfect pastor, but praise God, we have a perfect Savior, and he is worthy to be exalted. I'm telling you, they got exceeding glad. That means they got to can't help and say amen. It ain't gonna hurt you to lose a little bit of your religion. It ain't gonna hurt you to get excited, amen. They got excited when Jesus showed up. Amen. Amen, that's right. I mean, listen. They got excited. I like it when Jesus shows up. Hey, I like it when he shows up in the singing. I mean, I really enjoy that. Sometimes he'll show up in a good testimony. Uh, sometimes he'll show up just every once in a while around here, every once in a blue moon. He'll show up in the preaching every now and then. He'll even show up at an offering. Hey, Amen, if you can believe that. But I tell you what he did. Jesus showed up in the room and nobody, listen, nobody went and got him. This was not coordinated. They didn't, nobody say, go get Jesus. I'm telling you, when they were assembled, and they were fearful. Jesus came and he dwelt in the midst. Amen, that tells me we need the church. That tells me we need to gather ourselves together. The Bible said not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, I need the church. I need to gather with the saints of God. I need the people of God. I need to glean from you. I mean, listen, we need to glean one from another. You find out you're not the only one in the fire. You find out you're not the only one going through struggles. Praise God, we need Jesus in the midst of the church. And he showed up when his people needed him. I'm telling you, Jesus must do it all. If it's gonna get done, he's got to handle it. If it's going to get accomplished at Concord Baptist Church or anywhere else, Jesus has got to be in the midst. But when he was in the midst, they got exceeding glad. That means that, that, means that they were glad. It means to rejoice exceedingly. And the Bible said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that means, listen, exceeding. That means get excited about it. Now listen, I know you may not carry on like some of us do. And you may not shout and run the aisles like some of us do. And you may not be able to say, well, you know, I'm just not wired up that way. I'm just not made up that way. I tell you, if we caught you on video, I mean, listen, when they, when they spun out Daryl Johnson, coming out of, uh, uh, when they still spun out one of them NASCAR guys, coming out of turn four, but you talk about somebody getting excited. You talking about somebody, I mean, getting a can't help it. I mean, listen, you didn't get, there wasn't a whole lot of getting excited yesterday if you was a dog fan. There's a lot of people, I mean, listen, get, get excited about ball, get excited about things of this world. It is okay to get excited about Jesus, amen. That's exactly right. You say, why? Hey, he showed up. Nobody went and got him. You say, why did he show up? Because he loves to be where his people is. <laughs> Look at the New Testament. I know that's not deep. He just loves to be around his people. 
I mean, listen, you're talking about the resurrection for him. He could have went out. He could have went out and just been alone by himself like he did in Matthew chapter number four. But he did not do that. He said, we have got some, I've got some disciples down there that are discouraged and are fearful and I want to go and minister unto them. Aren't you glad the Bible said greater love hath no man than this? That a man laid down his life for his friends. Hey, praise God for the friend we have in Jesus Christ. He's worthy to be praised this morning. Psalm 100 verse four said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. The choir was singing that song, bless the Lord, yes, bless the Lord. Well, bless his holy name. That tells me that you and I have the ability you and, have, you and I have the propensity to be able within ourselves. I mean, I'm talking about our friends. A bunch of, I'm talking about people who are fleshly, and people who are carnal, that God saved and God has changed and now put them in the house of God. You and I have the ability to be a blessing to the Lord. Hey, we ought to enter his courts with praise. That means we ought to come in the house of God and talk about Jesus and exalt Jesus and magnify Jesus and be a blessing to his name. Hebrews chapter number two and verse number 11 said both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren saying I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee now I'm telling you I've looked at that many times and some of you preachers in here can help me out with this I always thought that's why we as Christians sing in the church but I'm not so sure if that's not the Lord singing you, hey man, look at it. Do you know what they did? <laughs> Jesus led them to sing a hymn and they went out. That's exactly what happened. I mean, Jesus, I'm telling you what, you're talking about a perfect singer? There's no doubt about it, amen. He was a perfect singer. And I'm not so sure the book of Hebrews is not talking about Jesus singing praises in the church. I don't know how all that's gonna happen. Maybe it happens between you and I. Maybe God will use us to sing, amen. You say, I, don't, I can't sing, preacher. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, it said, let everything have breath, praise the Lord. It says this, he put a new song in our mouth, even praise under our God. You may not have a tune. But listen, you got a song if you're saved by the grace of God. Amen. We ought to adore him in song. We ought to magnify him in song. You know the book of Psalms, Psalm 22 and verse 3 said, But thou art holy, O God, thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. And the definition of praise there in Psalm 22 is a song or a hymn of praise. The Bible said in Revelation chapter number 4 and verse 11, He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and and praise. And listen, that's exactly what we're here to do this morning is praise God and exalt him because he is in the midst. Hebrews 13, 15 said, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen. That ought to be, you say, I don't feel like praising God. That's not a sacrifice. Amen. If you feel like it, I feel pretty good this morning. Amen. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, them boys run me all over every place last night. Man, I had a good time doing it. But I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. Hey man, now we can say amen right there. That's okay. I'm telling you, them boys <laughs> wore me out yesterday. But I'm telling you, I feel good to be in the house of God this morning. But there's been times when I went to church, I didn't feel good. There's been times when I went to church with a kidney stone. Hey man, if you've ever had a kidney stone and you made it to church, if you made it to church and you got a kidney stone, I'm telling you, listen,
listen, you you ought to get, we ought to give you an attaboy button or add a girl or something, or at least fifty dollar gift certificate or Chick Fil A. You can get your order of fries there for that. How about something, Amen, to be a blessing to you, something to help you if you go to church? Because some of you don't feel like being here. That's not a sacrifice when you praise God when you feel like it. It's a sacrifice when you praise God when everything is not going good. You praise God when you're not feeling good. Amen. You know another word for praise in the Bible? That's why we say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you may be from up north. You, you may say hallelujah. And I don't know how it's going to be up in heaven. It says hallelujah. I mean, that sounds a little bit too much like, amen, like a charismatic. I mean, hallelujah. I don't say it ever how you want it. Amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mean, around here we got preachers, that, when they say hallelujah, they hack when they say it. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't know. However you say it, hallelujah means praise ye the Lord. Amen. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. You say, why should we praise him? Because he's in the midst. I'm telling you, he is worthy of our praise. He's in the midst of our praise. He inhabits, uh, inhabits the praises of his people. Amen, I like it when he gets around, amen. I know that he's here, but I like it when he's here. I mean, I'm talking about when you know he's here and you know the presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Before the incarnation of Jesus Christ, we read concerning the Lord in Daniel chapter three and verse 24. said, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God, amen. He was in the midst of the fire. The Bible said in Hebrews 13 and verse five, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For I have said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I've used this in this verse before, but when he said, I have never leave thee, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You can read that backwards. Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. I'm gonna read that again backwards. Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. That's backwards. You can read that verse forward. You can read the verse backwards. And I, this is a little bit of Southern analogy right here. But there's going to be some times where you don't know if you're coming or going. Amen. There's going to be some times where you just feel like everything's going backwards. Everything's going contrary. You said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, hang around. Amen. There'll be times in your life where you don't know if you're coming or going. There'll be times in your life where you're confused and you'll be up and down. But he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There's no way to know all the needs in the service this morning and the people that are in the service and the represented minds and hearts, issues of life. But I'm glad Jesus can fix it because he is in the midst. He knows your strengths. He knows your, weak, he knows your weaknesses. He knows your trials. He knew where they were in this text. He knows where you are today in the sanctuary. But they were together. They were gathered together. They was, they was one that was there and he was missing. Old Thomas wasn't there. But I hate to miss that. I'd hated to miss that service that Thomas missed. When Jesus told him twice, he said, peace. He said again, peace. He said unto them again, peace. Thomas missed that. But aren't you glad God is so gracious and so merciful that he came back again? And he said, Thomas, you missed it the first time. 
I've come back because I want you to know I love you and I appreciate you. Aren't you glad that God doesn't hold a lot of things over our head? Hey, we try to, we try to preach the word of God and try to tell you and try to preach against sin and take a stand against it. But I'm glad if God numbered our transgressions in the building today, none of us would be able to stand. But I'm glad we've got somebody standing in our place. The Bible said Jesus stood in the midst. He's in our place today. We need to be in our place. That's why we need one another in the house of God. I'm gonna read this illustration here and I'll be done. Intending to raise cattle, a family from New York, that's probably the first problem right there, but a family from New York bought a ranch out west. Cattlemen in the building will enjoy this and, and horsemen and all that kind of stuff. Y'all enjoy this. And everybody should enjoy this. There's a little bit, there's a good punchline. Hang in here with me now, okay? Some of them missed the other day when I was talking about the woodpecker, you know, letting the tree have it and the lightning struck and the woodpecker thought that he was the one who blew the tree up instead of the lightning, all right? So y'all hang in here with me on this. Said when their friends visited and inquired about the ranch's name, the would-be rancher replied, he said, I wanted to name it the Bar J. He said, my wife favored Susie Q. One of our sons wanted the flying W and the other liked the lazy Y. He said, so we're calling it the Bar J, Susie Q, flying W, lazy Y. And a visitor said, well, where are, all, where are all your cattle then? If you bought all these cattle, where are all the cows at? The friend asked the question. The fellow replied, none of them survived the branding. Amen. Amen. None of them made it through the branding. They couldn't make up their minds. Amen. They were so divided in that family. Amen. We need to stay together. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amy, last night was they had uh, they were sitting on the on the back patio there and uh, and had started a fire. And man, we were trying to find a deer. But they was back there enjoying it. And uh, she said, man, she, she come and got us. And she said, come here, I want to show you something. And you know, it's always dangerous. If you're married and your wife says, come here, I want to show you something. I mean, it's like, okay, what did I mess up? What am I going to have to fix? What did somebody tear up? Or whatever. She said, she said, come out here, I want to show you something. At least she didn't say, come out here, I want to show you something. <laughs> Amen. It'd been like the rest of it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Whatever it is I did, please forgive me. She said, I want to show you something. And uh, we went out there and they had built a fire in the, in the fire pit. And there were four, she said, there were four large pieces of wood in there and they were all burning because they were together. Four pieces intertwined and they were burning. And I mean, the flame was hot. It was burning exactly like it was supposed to burn. Well, she said, it's, you know, it's kind of settling down there. It's time to go back in the house. And she said, I wanted to put the fire out. And you know how she got the fire out? She just simply took one piece of wood and moved it to the side, took the other piece of wood and moved it to the side, moved the other piece of wood and moved it to the side, took the other piece of wood and moved it backward and separated those pieces of wood that were burning together. The fire was burning. It was hot. Things were getting done. But when she separated them, the fire went out just like that and all you had was smoke. Amen? I don't want a church full of smoke screens. 
I don't want to go to church where it's all a facade, it's all fake, it's all a smoke screen. You know how we have something real? I mean, you can't have something real without a fire burning, amen? And I'll tell you what keeps a fire burning and should keep your fire burning is the fire that Jesus Christ started in your soul many, many years ago. But I'm telling you what keeps the fire burning is us together. I mean, worshiping together, magnifying him together. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I tell you this morning, he's worthy to be praised for everything he's done, everything he's gonna do. I wanna go to a place where Jesus is in the midst.